Welcome to the Adversity to Advantage podcast. This is the place to learn how to get through your worst rock bottom and start to embrace adversity. I'm your host, Petra Belzebor. I'm a therapist and a life coach, but my biggest learning is from my own rock bottom. My story includes being raised in a cult, dealing with depression, anxiety, suicidal thoughts, and alcoholism. But along the way, I've learned to turn my entire life around to one of success, joy, and fulfillment. So in this podcast, I'll be talking to people from all walks of life who've done the same. I'll be teasing out the skills and tools necessary, as well as using my own experience to teach you how to turn your adversity into your biggest advantage. Welcome everyone to the Adversity to Advantage uh, podcast. After some technical difficulty, I now have Dea Fileva on the line. Um, welcome. Thank you so much for joining us. So um, Dea, as far as I know, has, has quite a few different um, sort of strings to her bow. She's had uh, a, a background within uh, mental health and has a personal development platform for therapists and coaches, but she's now following her dream as, as an actress and, and working in film. Please, Dea, fill in any blanks for us what, and tell us what you're passionate about at the moment. <laughs> oh, I like how you said at the moment in the end. Um, first yeah. of all, thanks for having me, Petra. Um, it's really a pleasure to be part of your um, of your podcast. Thank you. Um, what am I passionate about? Well, I've always been passionate about performing arts and helping people. So two very different things. And I think I'm I'm on a path of pursuing both of those dreams at the moment. Um, I'm. At the moment, I'm, I'm focusing mostly on starting acting. I do some work in films already, and I want to do more and more. Um, I've, I've also I've, I've danced a bit before, so I want to pick that up as well um, and do some um, com- combined acting and dancing. Actually, we've just had a music video released. Oh, lovely. Um, so my first real job, my first project of my own, as opposed to working as, as you know, a small part in a bigger production. Um, so this is my main focus, my main passion at the moment, but that's not to say that I've completely left behind my other passion, which is helping people. Um, and I have a website called Breakthrough Hub, um, which is um, which has a therapist, like you said, a therapist and coaches signing up, and uh, clients can look for the most suitable practitioner for them. Um, because I believe that the the path to following your dreams um, sometimes needs to go through a little help. Um, I mean, you're a coach yourself; you, yeah, know, yeah. you know how that works. Um, Absolutely. And I'm really passionate about people discovering what they really are about, uh, what they truly passionate about what their purpose is if you want to put in those words and uh and 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 be happy because i wasn't for a lot of years Mm. as i wasn't following my dreams and i want to help people find the the path that's right for that's right for them at any given point in time and so how long has it taken you um sort of to begin pursuing this path for yourself so bravely Oh, uh, 30 years. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I did, I worked in the corporate world for seven, um, almost seven years. Yeah. Um, after studying economics, so completely different from what I'm doing right now. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I, I, I don't have any regrets because I, I do like economics. I do like, uh, mathematics as well. And I, part of what I did was I was passionate about, but it wasn't making me happy because it was lacking the creative side of things, um, which both performing arts and, 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 and creating your own business, um, provide. Um, so, um, it 
we can say probably 10 years since I, I left um, my country. I'm a Bulgarian by nationality. I went to study abroad. Um, I studied for five years and then I worked in a corporate world for seven years. So that makes it 12, I guess. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what, what did you study back then? I studied economics and social sciences and psychology as a minor degree, as a concentration. Sure, sure. Interesting. Um, and so as you know, this, this podcast focuses on adversity and how people do follow their dreams despite or even because of what's gone mm-hmm. on in their past. So give us a little bit of, of context right, right back when you were a child. Uh, what, was, what was that like? Do you, do you think your parents and, and maybe the education system prepared you for the real world and what you're up against now? Well, to be honest with you, um, the, the short answer would be no. <laughs> right. <laughs> You're not the but only one. I've, yes, I'm, I'm, I'm sure I'm not. And, and this is exactly one of the reasons why I'm so passionate about helping people get to where they want to be. Um, because the parents, um, as, 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 as well-intentioned as they may be sometimes, mine definitely were uh, very loving and very well-intentioned. They don't prepare us for the, um, they don't push us in the direction that we want to go. Yeah. Um, we push us in the, whatever they want us to go, which is completely wrong. But, you know, part of my, my, my self-development journey, let's say, um, I've come to realize that you definitely should not blame anyone, not your parents, not the system. Um, I, and I, oh, I, and I went through a period of blaming them a lot. <laughs> um, because I definitely didn't feel like they prepared me, um, my parents are divorced. I uh, grew up in a in a place which is pretty uninspiring. Um, it's relatively small, uh, small town in my country. Mm-hmm. Um, the educational system of oh, I, I don't want to, don't even want to go there. Uh, <laughs> so it, it definitely does not uh, prepare you to uh, to find who you really are. And as a kid, um, I was a really shy kid, which is strange for me now, but I was really, really closed in. I think it was sort of a self um, protection mechanism because I didn't find the outside were really what I wanted it to be um, or inspiring in any sort of way. And I was sort of closing into my own little world. So I was very um, imaginative, creative even back then, but it was sort of all contained in my head rather than expressed, expressed, exactly, which is what I'm doing right now. I, yeah, just, I guess I just didn't find the means to express it, yes. Well, I feel like the education system and our parents, it, it often comes from, from a fear place with the best intentions trying to, to protect us and set us up for, you know, having financial success or being okay in the world rather than really teaching us to be brave, have courage and express our full purpose of, you know, like why we're here. Yes, absolutely. I can, I can I definitely agree with that 100%. Um, my parents are definitely <laughs> like that and our system back in, back in my country is definitely like that as well. Um, you know, it's, it's kind of, I've had times in my life when I thought it would have been easier if I actually knew what my parents did wrong, if they actually did something very openly wrong but they never did they were like I said they were very loving very nice mm-hmm. but so you don't realize how they actually harm you mm. because they want you to be successful financially as opposed to uh doing what you love for me success is doing what you want to do at mm. you know, any given Fulfill. point in time but feeling fulfillment exactly um yeah so they they definitely um never prepare me and it's hard when when you see that someone is well intentioned when you grow up in their you know environment and you haven't seen anything else you don't realize how they can 
So they can actually harm you. So it, I think when there's nothing really, really that went wrong, as mm-hmm. you know, some people have been through abuse and so on. So those are horrible things that sure. people know they have to work on. I haven't, um, not, 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 not physical, not anything as, as, you know, as horrible like that. And I think that's make it even more difficult to realize, um, that it's up to you to build that self-confidence and so on, because your parents or your environment haven't given it to you. It, 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 and I think that's why it takes, it took even longer to yeah, figure it out, to figure, to figure it out. out. Exactly. And there's something, so I ask people if they've ever had, you know, what I refer to as a, a rock bottom or a, or a crash point or, you know, something that maybe led to an, an epiphany or a change in direction. Um, and so, so I don't know if, if you've experienced anything like that, but I sometimes find that it can be a blessing in disguise for the people who have reached that low point. Because in a way, it's sort of like a wake-up call that pushes you to to go on a different path. Does does, does that language yeah. like resonate with you at all, or does it feel like you didn't have that, and therefore it was harder to figure it out? Oh, I did have that absolutely. I think okay. it's almost impossible to change without that, and I wouldn't be, I definitely wouldn't be where I am today um, yeah. if that hadn't happened. Um, I think Tell my rock that. bottom. Yeah. Yes, Tell sure. about that. That's what I love. <laughs> <laughs> the rock bottoms. Yes. <laughs> um, I think my rock bottom was um, when I was in my, uh, in, I was working with shell training uh, here, in, uh, here in London as a business analyst. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a year after I'd come to London and I was by, by everybody's measure, financial measure, very successful. I had a great job. I was living in central London. Yeah. Um, and everything was perfect, you know, more certainly for my parents, in my parents' eyes, so in most people's eyes, somebody mm-hmm. said, I'm living the dream back then. On the outside. And I yeah. thought to myself, on the outside, exactly, I thought to myself, what dream? Yes, I'm in London, a place dream? that I love. <laughs> but whose dream? <laughs> I don't think that it's anybody's dream um, to, to, to be in the co- stuck in a corporate job. But anyway, so I was working with self shell trading, um, making uh, you know, a good salary living in central London, but I just, I just wasn't fulfilled. And I just took on a path that I'm not proud of, you know, at the moment, a lot of drinking and so on. Yeah. Um, just because I was not happy. I was completely bored in my, in my job. I didn't have enough to do. And I'm very, very, I'm very happy when I'm active and I'm very, very miserable when I don't have enough to do whatever job it may be. Um, so it sounds like you use some of the classic um, kind of avoidance or numbing tactics, whether it was was drink, drugs, um, you know, things to help you cope in some way. Yeah, all of the above, absolutely, absolutely. And I think a lot of people do that, uh, which yeah. just don't know much about them, and they can go on um, like this for a very long time because they numb you. These all these six things they numb you. That's what they're there for, and, and it's you so can normal. So happy. If, yeah. if you surround yourself with other people who are also living that sort of behavior, it just feels like the normal thing to do. Yes, 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 absolutely. So where did that absolutely. path lead you? Um, it led me to quitting my, my, my job at Shell eventually after a year and a lot of other trouble I had created in my life, a whole lot of trouble and stress. And I, see, I'm not, I think I had several rock bottoms over over these these last two years, um, you know, like a couple of years ago, so up to a year ago, which is when I really started my life start, started changing. You know, it's completely different, and I don't see myself ever going back to that state. Hopefully, because and so, so tell, do, tell me more just about that state. What was it like for you? In case the listeners can kind of connect. 
Sure. I mean, after, like I said, after I started on this path of, of drinking and, and so on, um, and just creating trouble in my life because to create, to try and create some excitement, um, yeah. I ended up, I ended up leaving my job there. Um, and I ended up with a lot of stress. Actually, I had created so much trouble that I was incredibly, incredibly stressed to the point where I had to seek help for that. And what this is something. Of, what kind of help? Uh, from from uh, from counseling counselors and yeah. so on so if, if i knew if i'd known about um what coaches do um back back then i would have probably gone to a coach way before that but i could reach a point where my my brain wasn't functioning anymore i yeah. was so stressed and worn out but everything was doing that my brain just refused to function i remember i was applying for some jobs uh after i left um oh, before i left um show trading uh and my brain would ju- just wouldn't work i couldn't do simple math tests which for me that was a point where i realized something's wrong yeah um <clears throat> because that's what i've been really good at always um so yes, I had to I had to seek help, and and then that's when I, my interest in mental health and the different techniques to to being mentally and emotionally healthy. See, the term mental health has a bit of a negative connotation, but you know what I mean by that is being in a in a good state emotionally as opposed to having yeah, it's like similar to you know what I mean mindset stuff mindset like we, stuff we all have exactly. mental health. It's how do we we look after ourselves? Yeah, exactly. So this is when where my my, my interest started. But the, the rock bottom was first when I went down that path, and then when I my brain just refused to stop working. Literally, it, it, I couldn't do a thing, and I was you know I was I was crying and I was seeking friends help, and uh, it was terrible. <laughs> I don't. I yeah. Yeah, I'm sorry, go ahead. wondering just about the conditioning that you've had about asking for help. Did it feel sort of okay to admit that, you know, that things were crashing or did you really wait till the kind of last desperate minute to begin talking to people, whether it was counselors or friends? I think it's sort of both in a contradictory way. So, I, I mean, I, I do find it okay to ask for help. And I think that's very individual. Mm. I think I'm raised that way. Um, of course, I would go to certain people that were very close to me, not just to anybody sure. that were very, very, very close to me, really helpful. Now I'm grateful now for that. Uh, they helped me back then. Um, so I thought that was okay. I would, but you know, I, I had already let it get out of control. And I mm-hmm. think the main problem was that I wasn't able to help myself, you know, and now I am now uh, we all have bad days uh, and so on, or bad hours and minutes, but <laughs> now I know how to get out of that, of that, of that state. So the main thing was, you know, I wasn't able to help myself, but I, w- I was okay. I was personally okay uh, with asking people that are close to me f- for help. And so, um, time. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but it sounds like you, it had to spiral pretty sort of out of control for you to, to wake up in a way and say, hey, you know, my mental health is suffering. I need to learn about this. I need to speak to a counselor or, or someone in order to unpick this and figure out how to fix yourself and then see what else was left. Yes, absolutely. Unfortunately, sometimes uh, when we, when we're not, I think when we're not aware um, of the fact that we need to take care of our mental health uh, and emotional health and mindset and so on, uh, we just let it, things spiral out of control because then, we, don't, we don't take things seriously. We don't take mental health seriously. Just, mm. it's there. We don't realize that we need to actually take care of it just like we do take care of our physical health and we let things spiral out of control so yeah this is exactly what I did and for many years I realized afterwards that I wasn't really happy even before I never was like I said I wasn't I wasn't feeling fulfilled but we we become oblivious to all these problems all these little 
things we have that make us unhappy, all these paper cuts, unless uh, until things really spiral out of control. So I think a lot of people, unfortunately, get to that state because otherwise they don't, they're not aware of the fact that they should be taking care of the emotional state, just like anything else in life. Absolutely. And they may not know that there is another path that they could take. So it just feels like you've got to keep going in the path you were given or set on. Yes, absolutely. I think for a lot of years, I just forgotten who I was. I just forgotten that I love dancing and so on. Um, I mean, I remember telling my parents when I was 22, if they ever listen to this, they won't be happy. But (laughs) I was 22. I was, I was still doing my degree in economics and I called them up one day and I said, mom and dad separately I called them up and I said I, I just want to dance mm-hmm. and they said what <laughs> we're spending so much money on your degree I mean you're already there you've been through all this the old exams and everything you've actually earned my scholarship and so on and I said I just want to dance and I said no you're crazy no you, you can't do that so I just I just went on and that was actually that was another really hard time in my life my my doing my master's degree because after that moment when I suppressed what I really wanted to do the first realization of what I really wanted to do I just killed it uh, well my parents did yeah trying not to blame them because you know I could have said no I couldn't be rebellious but I wasn't sure. and after after I suppressed that it just went from bad to worse I lost my scholarship actually did you? Uh, it was it was it was really painful so I had to uh, borrow some money from the bank to pay off my uh, my education my tuition fees because it couldn't paid anymore you know there was no more scholarship and it was horrible and that obviously that created a lot of financial pressure in me to get a a real job (laughs) and this is exactly what I did you know I ended up finishing I I decided to stick with it through to the end uh which in hindsight was it a good idea I don't know but you know I I like I said, I don't want. I, I don't want to have any regrets. I stuck with it through to the end. Um, so with all the emotional exhaustion and the financial pressure on my shoulders, I had to get a regular job. So mm-hmm. my first job was at PwC, very, very officey, very, very, very financial, very boring. And yeah. then it went on from there. You know, I had to pay off my debts. So I just have to keep, had to keep on working. And I think once I paid off all my my my, my debts, that's when I started opening up a little. That's when I realized, well, okay, what 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 do I do now? And what else is out that's there? when I what else is out there? Um, that's when you know because we like you said we have all these things we need to take care of. of. We we don't even have the time to think about what we really want to do. So yes, you can you can which can that. sort of be a coping strategy as well to keep as busy as possible and then numb out the times that you're you know. Uh, might have time to think in order to just cope with the path that you're on. Oh yes, absolutely. I, I did that as, uh, as well <laughs> yeah. for um, for a few years. I mean, I had to. I was very determined to pay off my debt as soon as possible, and I'm, I am really happy. Actually, I did that. And I, but I, obviously, I wasn't happy in, in in my job, so I I just decided to keep busy and busy and busy. Then I had a, jo- a job in which I was traveling most days in the week, uh, four days a week. So it's just it just kept me occupied. It just but there was always um, you know something missing and did you an emptiness inside a void um did did you have any role models or did you see anybody in your world that was living their dream I think along the years I've met a few people and I would always think oh my god how cool is that how how, I would love to do that or you know how brave is that um I, I didn't have role models um that would always be there with me I would just I just met some people you know, randomly, maybe just once in my life. And I would think this would, you know, I would love to do that, but there was nobody to guide me. And I think role models are, uh, are really, 
really important, actually. There is somebody to, you can look up to all the time. They potentially, can, you never have to go down that spiral. <laughs> or just to show that there, a different way is possible. I think that's what can be surprising when, when you're so set through your parents or, or your kind of conditioning. Yes, yes, absolutely. I've definitely met people like that over the years. Um, but, you know, there's this, this voice in our heads that says, oh, but you're not supposed to be doing that. You're, you know, you have a different um, background or education or whatever. You're not all this, you're supposed to be doing this and not that. Yeah, yeah. how loud was that voice in, in your head, in your life? Oh, so loud, so loud. It's incredible now because I don't have that voice. Or if, if, if it, I mean, we still have some negative thoughts occasionally, something like, you know, sure. um, but I know, I know that I can't let that happen. I know that if I have a thought of, oh, you can't do that, you're not supposed to do that. And I say, why not? Mm-hmm. So, um, but it used to be so loud. It used to be so loud. I couldn't even, I didn't even consider doing anything else for, that's why I said 30 years because. So that's a real big contrast to have such a loud voice that wouldn't even allow you to consider anything else to the one that you, you have now, which even if there is negative thoughts, you're able to, to counter it pretty quickly. Um, talk us through the middle bit. So, so the journey from the, the rock bottoms that you've discussed to the slow learning, it's never an immediate thing I find, um, mm-hmm. and into Absolutely. creating and allowing you to do the things that you're doing today. I, I did reach out for, for, for help. Like I said, um, uh, counselors, well, not coaches, but therapists and mental health practitioners in general, uh, psychiatrists even. And I did continue on that journey because I thought I'm going to, if I can resolve something so quickly, which was mm-hmm. the, the, the main thing at the time, you know, my, my stress levels and so on, my anxiety, but what else can I do with my brain, with, with oh. every, all the conditioning I've had over the years? What else can I do? So I, I kept on seeking help from um, practitioners. And then I started my own personal development by, by reading about things. Um, and my, my focus now on my website is on approaches to uh, personal development and, and health, like which are very, very effective, uh, like NLP and timeline therapy and, and, and things like that, which, which, uh, which are like therapy, which, which help you resolve a problem, but are very, very effective as opposed to just talking. Because there was a point, actually very quickly I realized that just talking about things doesn't really help. It unlocks something in your mind, but then to actually heal um, or, or change the conditioning that you've had, that takes something more than just talking. Um, and I was very lucky to come across a practitioner who works with something called, I'm not sure if you're aware of it, emotional freedom technique. Um, oh, yeah, yeah which is, I know about it. And that really helped me um, I, I deal, with, uh, deal with some things. And once, like I said, once I dealt with my with, with, with the stress and anxiety, I just started working on everything else that, I've, um, that I thought was not doing any good. That was... That's 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 that I've been conditioned to from my childhood, you know all these little things that we that we learn. I started um, just unlearning them on my own, and I started reading and um, sorry, educating yourself, educating myself in that field. Yes. Um, So you said talking isn't enough, and so I'm curious for listeners who might not be in this sort of field, um, what is the thing that makes the real shift? For me, it's using the an approach uh, which involves talking. I mean, uh, if it, when it comes to healing, when it comes to a trauma, and essentially everything 
thing that hurts us now from the past is a trauma, technically mm-hmm. speaking. Mm-hmm. It, um, talking is important, but they're just techniques um, like timeline therapy. Certain types of therapists um, involve a certain way of talking about things. I'm sure you're familiar with timeline therapy as well. You yeah. said you're familiar with EFT. Yeah. Um, what else is there? Uh, there's thought field therapy, all these things, which do seem a little weird at times, but they actually work. They work very effectively because they tap into your subconsciousness and this is what, what it takes to heal. Because talking about things is a very conscious level and all these te- techniques help you tap into your, your subconsciousness or your, your primitive brain and actually heal the emotional trauma that, that, that's in there. Did and you change, and to... make the shift. Yeah, yeah. And, and I guess action, like tr- doing something different with, with what you've learned can make a real shift as well. Um, yes, absolutely. I think, I think there are a, f- a few parts of the, of, of the per- of personal development. I think one part is healing. And that's, for me, this, this should be the first step because to move forward, you need to, we need to resolve everything that's holding you back. And then the next part is actually taking action and yeah. building a confidence and believing yourself and all these things. Again, the approaches like NLP that are very effective for, for that and your linguistic programming, which I'm sure is something that you probably work with as well. Yeah. And, and for me, these are the things. This is a st- step two where you start building your self-confidence, feel okay, at least okay. You don't feel, you don't feel in, in, in some sort of emotional pain anymore. You feel okay enough to move forward. And this is when you take action. And this is when you start talking to yourself in a positive way, building your self-belief and, and your confidence um, and so on. Yeah. This is when coaching comes in. <laughs> to me, these are the two steps, healing and then taking action into becoming a, you know, a, a stronger person, not needing external support and, and following the dreams that you have or the, the path that you, that you think is right for you and you know there's never that's another thing we we talk about following a path but there's probably not one path <laughs> I, yeah, I, I agree with that i've i've um you know i was i was doing all this research i was studying neuroscience and research all these different techniques to a uh, therapy and coach i'm still absolutely passionate about that but I've only recently realized that I have actually have another passion and I need to incorporate that into my life as well and it's a dangerous thing to think that okay now I've changed I'm, I'm happy on this path and there's nothing else because I think that's what I did last year I was working on my mental health website and I thought there was nothing else so again I was being um you know I was getting tunnel vision I was not seeing anything else and that's not <laughs> that's not what we should be doing that's not um you know the the, the path to success Back to success is always to stay open, I think. Um, did you have to change your social group through all of this? Yes, yeah, absolutely. I, I, I didn't have to change it, but it's a natural process, I think. It's hard to change. Um, some people just drop out from your life and others stick around. Um, you just start picking your friends better, as, 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 I mean, as mean as I can sound, but you, you start valuing your time and who you're having conversation with, who's actually bringing some value into your life. And I think it's a natural, natural process where you just stop talking to some people that much and you keep the people in your, in your life that really bring something to you and you bring something to them, of course. So I haven't changed completely, but a few of my good friends who I, 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 I really value, who I can have a great conversation with, will still be around, whereas some people I, I wouldn't talk anymore. And I'm a lot more selective now with who I you know, who I hang out with, who I have a conversation with. Yeah, I think that's the the bit that people don't always realize when they're when they're going through it is that 
part of the transition of, uh, you know, fully following your dream and thinking about things in a different way and becoming successful in the, in the full meaning of the word is that we've, we, we evolve and we adjust and, and we lose certain things, certain people. Um, but of course, over time, we gain such, you know, so, so much better ones that, that fill up our positive thinking in a way and, and the idea that things are possible in our life. Yes, absolutely. absolutely. I'm, I'm curious about the, the drinking sort of partying element. People um, <laughs> you know my podcast um, know that I'm, I'm nine years sober because um, alcohol played a big part in, in my life trying to cope with you know, my past and, and coming to terms with who I was and, you know, what, what was possible and, and alcohol certainly played a part. And so I'm curious if it was just the environment that you were in uh, and a numbing impact or if there was actually more addiction playing a part or something a bit more menacing. Um, I think for me, I've never really been addicted, really been addicted to do anything. Um, I still drink. Uh, sometimes, you know, I still go out and drink and sometimes more, sometimes less, yeah. but I don't see that as, 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 as an issue. Um, it, it, it's never been, it's, it was, it's always been a numbing technique. So it's never been an addiction in the real sense of the world, uh, of the words, um, yeah. neither the, the alcohol, not any drugs or anything. I've, I guess I always had that level of, of self-control. Um, so whatever I would take, I always had, I'm, I'm, I guess I was too anxious for it to make it an addiction. Right. I was always had this control. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> it was more like the environment that you were in and almost the fitting in element. I think it was the boredom. I think it was the boredom when I was, for me, that that's, I remember the first time I walked into, into a mental health practitioner's office. I said, tell me about your life. I said, well, my life <laughs> has been defined by boredom. That's my life. I've just been bored. That's a horrible thing to say if you think about it. That's non-life. Well, it's sad. Uh, it's very sad. Yes, thank you. <laughs> um, so, and when I reached rock bottom in terms of that boredom, when I had my corporate job, I had nothing to do. Uh, you know, everything shiny on the inside, but nothing on the on the outside. Nothing on the inside. Mm. I just had to kill that, stifle that boredom with with alcohol and, and drugs and so on. Uh, and I think. The real rock bottom was when I was doing it, you know, just before work or at work. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was when I realized, okay, something's wrong. So it wasn't even the environment. I would be on my own, just mm. trying to feel okay, trying to feel not bored, trying to feel excited about my day, you know, trying to get to work and so on. So it wasn't so much the environment for me. I've been in a, you know, alcohol and drug taking environment later and before, and it had some influence for me, but not so much. It was always, it was a technique, a way for me to try and and, and feel better, feel something, feel feel something actually. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Very, very sad. And it's amazing. And now I, um, I can do that without doing that, without doing drugs or, or, or alcohol. Um, yeah, I what's your excited what's about your, my life? So, yeah, what's your range of feeling like, now? Completely different. Completely different. I mean, I I wake up and I'm excited about my day almost pretty much every day. Mm-hmm. Actually, every day, and I find new things to do. I, I've I've taken up acting, and some of these things are, are, are scary. I mean, the the workshop, the acting workshop I'm doing is it, so tough. Yeah, you press straight for for the audition process. It's so hard. I sometimes I go there. I'm like, I'm not. 
I'm not going in. <laughs> this is going to be horrible. But it's, you know, it, you learn to challenge yourself and that's exciting. And looking forward to something, um, say my next uh, uh, day on a, on a big film production. I've done a few big film productions now as, as a, you know, small words or background work. It's not major, but it's really, really exciting for me to be on set. So it's, it's, it's mostly exciting or f- and, and feeling happy, really. It's incredible how I actually never had this feeling before. You know, unless I took alcohol drugs. It's incredible yeah. how you can actually shift your your chemistry just changes. And you know, when the good thing about taking drugs or, or alcohol or any addiction is that you you get to know for someone who's not really experienced a lot of excitement in their life, you get to know what that feeling is like. Mm. And then eventually if you know you want to be a good person etc (laughs) you seek ways you seek ways to find that excitement through other ways through healthier ways and you know it's exactly the same feeling just healthier (laughs) do you think do you think boredom is a clue for people that that they might not be on the the sort of right path for them Oh yes, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, I think there are a lot of people who are who are a little bit bored in their jobs and so on. But I couldn't, I just could never stand boredom. Mm. Um, so I tried to create some some excitement for my life. And you know, a lot of people have, you know, I've been told I have ADHD, as, as I'm sure now it's probably fifty percent of the population that that do. <laughs> <laughs> who are just um, bored because they're not living their life. Just bored, exactly, exactly. We're just bored because we're not living what. Yes, our life. We're not. We're not living our purpose. We're not doing what makes us fulfilled. We're just getting, um, you know, getting some 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 job to pay the bills. I mean, what kind of life is that? And I don't know how many people really suit a, an office, stare at a screen for eight hours a day uh, type of job, which really the education system tries to prepare people for. Absolutely, it's natural. And you know, I never wanted to to have an office to have an office job. Um, I well, I never wanted to when I was fifteen years old. I remember when I was fifteen, I wanted to be a psychiatrist or a film mm-hmm. director. Huh. That should have given me a clue yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> of of the direction I want to go to. But then I thought, oh no, I'm going to settle for the safe path yeah. because I don't want to be uh, financially miserable. And I, you know, and I, and I wasn't, you know, fair enough, but you know, I, I became emotionally miserable and I, I, I just, I just wasn't confident. Again, that that's part of the upbringing. I wasn't confident enough to think I'll do a degree that I like. And then I follow the path that I like, because, you know, I can make it. If anything, my parents would always put me down. They say, I remember my mom once said, oh, they're not waiting for you in Broadway. That was a terrible thing to say. It's just, you know, killing your self-confidence is, uh, that's the kind of environment I, I grew up in. The only way to counter that is to, I guess, to forgive everybody who, who's, who's been teaching us not to believe in ourselves because we can't change them anyway. So just live with that. Um, no, my parents have changed a little bit now, but not, well, not everybody. I was curious would. about how your parents view your lifestyle now and how things have changed for you. It was a struggle at first. Um, it was a big shock, yeah. <laughs> I would say, at first. And they would say, you will, that's wrong. I'm Actually, my, my, my dad still says it's wrong. And I'll, so one day I realized that I should be in a safe career path or something like that. And, but, you know, I'm just taking the most difficult way to realize that. And I'm like, no, that's not going to happen. And then my mom has come to um, terms to it, I think more faster. I mean, she, she's an artist as well. So she, she, she's a, you know, she has a creative mind. So I think she realizes that if you need that, then you need that, then you won't be happy in anything else unless you 
you create something. And I think both um, art, performing art for me and, and, and business as well. It's very, very creative and actually helping people as well. Mm. It's con- contribution and, and, you know, creating something. Um, so, yeah, so they're, they're coming to terms with it. They've, you know, they're, they're letting me do what I want. They're not... Um, nagging anymore but it was it was it was a struggle initially they definitely weren't happy with it yeah um and so what what advice would you give to your younger self the one who was stuck in the corporate job uh maybe drinking to numb out and um deeply unhappy and feeling that boredom and void i think to to stop running from things to take a moment and and sit down and, and think about what i really want it and um and stop doing things that I, I didn't want to do stop running from things and you know take a moment and try to love myself because it definitely didn't back then um and have the confidence to do what i what i wanted to do little by little step by step because i had to do it through a big you know explosion of of you know downright spirals and, and all that and you don't have to do that. You can, I guess you can make baby change and baby take baby steps towards the, what makes you fulfilled and happy. Um, but I didn't, you know, I never took a moment to actually think about that. So, so there's something about the, the, the pausing to stop and even ask yourself the question, what is yeah. it that you want? Yes. Yes, absolutely. What is it? What is it that you want? And, and, why is it that you always have to do something? Why is it that you always have to be in other people's company or out or partying or, 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 or something? What is, what is the gap that you're trying to fill? It's almost to, be on- to drown out the voice in your head that's saying, you know, I'm not happy or there must be something else. Yes, yes, yeah, absolutely. And like you said, it's not easy because we, we forget, we, we get so drawn into that other life that's not for us. That it's, there were definitely times when I was trying to remember what is it that I actually wanted to do? And I, I just couldn't because I was so deep into that other path. But yeah, I think take a moment and, and, and also be more confident. That, that's something that I didn't have before. That's something that was contributing to my, um, uh, you know, that wasn't letting me do the things I wanted, have, have confidence, assertiveness, because we're not, society doesn't teach us that. It's true. So what, what do you mean by, by confidence and assertiveness? Do you, do you mean within yourself to understand what it is you want or to be able to even within your workplace be saying things out loud or trying new things within work or, or towards your parents or what do you mean? I guess all of the above. For me, right. uh, in my workplace, I've always been quite confident, if not uh, I've been called arrogant or overconfident at times. Um, but again, that is... That can be a mask as well, can't That it? is a mask of some very, a very deep insecurity, exactly. Um, so self-belief, self-belief. I mean, there are people that are so negative uh, in my life right now, or, or my parents' occasion, they will so just get a regular job. <laughs> yeah. Or, you know, even people looking at what I used to have, making all this, this money, like great corporate job, they don't know what it's like, but... Um, you know, they, they think this is so good because you are, because you make a lot of money and so on and so forth. And, um, you have to have the self-belief to continue through these, um, through these comments because how how do you manage that now? You know, everything that we talk about or people tell us or even think affects us. Right. So whenever I have a conversation like this, say someone comes to me and says, Oh, what have you done in the past? And you know, how, you know, 
Sammy and you personally, we talk about I was Taurus and so on, and I tell them I used to have a corporate job and living in central London um, and so on. It was great. And they would say, okay, well, that's great. You should go back to that. So obviously you live, you leave the conversation with this negativity mm. and, and, and a little bit oh, of doubt in, in, your, in yeah. your mind. So maybe should I? I mean, it was a good life. <laughs> <laughs> yes, easier. Um, but then you, t- you take a moment and you remember. So I just stop. I stop. Mm-hmm. And I have a conversation with, you know, with myself and thinking, what is it that you really want? Is that what you really want? Yes, I want a good life, but that didn't make me happy. So, no, I'm not going back to it. it and it sounds it like you're, you're building a, a new version of your good life now. And that just takes a little bit of time. Exactly. I am. Uh, it, it does take a little uh, It does take time. And, and, and so you need a lot of strength to, 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 to carry on, to, you know, to, to soldier through. So every time I hear a conversation, I, I have to have a conversation with myself and say, no, you have to stay on, the path, on, on this path and not You're go back because I am happier now. And what, um, do you have any sort of routines that you try and keep in your life in order to look after your mental health? I tr- well, other than having the self-talk, which mm. is, I think that that's crucial. Noticing the language I use and changing it, if going to some negativity and into a negative talk in my head or even with other people, that's, I find that's one of the most important things, the language, the words that we use. I used to use words like, oh, I'm, I'm sad and depressed and bored and, and so on. And of course, once you say that, even now when I say that, mm-hmm. I, can, I can feel the change immediately. So the language yeah. is crucial. Um, I try to, uh, I should be more uh, disciplined about um, meditation, um, something I do, and, and physical exercise. That, that's major for mental health as well, physical exercise. Meditation, actually meditation or just some quiet time, either way, um, that really helps language. So th- those three things. Yeah, it sounds like the theme here is, is the stopping to reflect, whatever that looks like, whether it's a formal meditation or whether it's just it's kind of noticing your, your thoughts and your feelings in order to address them and uh, maybe change the, the course of your next decisions. Yes, yes, absolutely. And all, exactly. And your thoughts and your feelings will definitely determine or can change the, the course of your next decisions. Um, so being self-aware all the time, being aware of you know, how you talk to yourself, how other people's comments have, have influenced you is, is crucial. Yeah. So taking a moment to reflect on those and what's going out, outside of your head and inside your head as well. Whether that's 15 minutes a day for if you have a busy schedule or whether that's just a, you know, a, a minute you have in the middle of, of your day. Do I need to change my course of action? Do I need to? And it's, it's incredible how when you ask yourself the right questions, how much it opens up your, your, your mind and how, how much things just happen. It's actually I've, the things that I experienced in the past few months have been absolutely incredible. When I've you know I've stopped and I, I've taken a moment to think where I want to go to next, and just thinking about what I want to have, what I want to what I want to be, or what I want to do next, and things just happen for me. I don't even great think effort. you need to put great effort. Exactly, just wish for it. <laughs> I suppose I'm not really into the whole law of attraction thing, but I think this is in essence what it is. Things just do happen when you, when you, you really think about them and you put it out there as well. You put it out to, to other people as well. And then they, you know, the right things come for you in your life. You just make it happen. So, so what's, what's up for you next? Uh, what do you kind of 
envision for yourself in the next month? Um, I want to continue on my acting path. So I want to have a uh, a real role in a in a in yeah. twenty eighteen. That's quite ambitious, actually. But I really want that to, to make that happen for myself. Well, I, I, I to listened to Lewis Howes, a, a a coach sort of podcast, and and he was doing some of his tips and saying sometimes we we limit ourselves uh, and we you know we think about the dream, and he goes think about the dream. Then imagine that a gun was pointed to your head. I know this sounds morbid. And imagine how you can um, achieve your 12-month plan in three months or one month, right? Mm-hmm. Just, to, just to help us think outside the box. And he's like, write it down and then times it by two, you know? So just <laughs> dream bigger about what's actually possible. Yes, yes, absolutely. Because this is so deeply ingrained in, that, in, in us, in, I think in each and every one of us, to, um, to limit ourselves. Um, and that's the way we are raised and that's the way society teaches us to think we can't do that um you know all all the all these limitations we put on ourselves so you always need to dream bigger even if it seems impossible it seemed impossible for me to 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 do what i'm doing right now a few months ago i didn't i wouldn't have imagined that i would be doing acting and 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 performing arts arts at the moment i wouldn't have imagined not even a year ago not even when i was already on my path to personal development and, and you know healing and so on and so forth i had i met someone i met an actor last year and um i did a, a small background job in a music video then and I, and I thought that would be how cool would it be if i could do that mm-hmm. even just saying that it, it implies that i thought i wouldn't be able to and yeah. it's actually not that difficult at all yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> At all. It's, it's just go out there and you, you find the right people and then you meet more and more people in, in the area that you want to, to be in and then things just start happening. But you, I used to think, and I, I think a lot of people think about that way about their dreams. Oh, this is, you know, this is another area. I don't know any, uh, nothing about it. You know, it's also the fear of the unknown. I know nothing about it. I don't know how to get there. It's probably not for me because, mm. you know, I do my thing and th- that's not me. But it's just so much easier then we make it seem. So I love this. So, so the moral of the podcast today is follow your dream. You can achieve much more than, than you think you can. Um, Dea, thank you so much. Where, where can people find you if they want to connect with you on, on social media or, or on your website? They can find me on uh, f- Facebook, LinkedIn, all the social media. Um, um, Dea Fileva, D-E-A Fileva uh, is my full name. Or they can write to me at dea at breakthroughhub.co.uk. Love it. We'll, we'll add those um, into the, the podcast notes so people can connect with you. Dea, thank you okay. so much for, for sharing your journey and that you it is possible to follow your dream. Thank you, Petra. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for listening. If something helped you today, please do share this episode with a friend and let them know that they are not alone. I know that for me, isolation kept me stuck much longer than I needed to be. So let's practice courage and talk to someone about what's going on as that's the first step to making life amazing. Check out my website, petravelsbuller.com, for your free Kickstarter plan, which will teach you to turn your biggest weaknesses into your greatest strengths. Join the community of people who are changing the way they view life's challenges and living life to the full. Until next time, goodbye.